Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Magic in the Moon podcast. As always, I'm your host, David, and this week we are going to take a little break from our deity series on the Norse Germanic deities, but just temporarily, because I have a lot more to say about that. But um, I have just realized that I have not talked about the elements in quite a while. And even though I've done an episode already, um, which I will link in this episode's description, it was over a year ago. And I'm fortunate enough to say that our audience has grown quite a lot. And for those of you that have not been here for very long, or maybe you're just a newer practitioner in general, I think the elements are something that's very important to have a solid grasp of um, for any magical practitioner. So I'm going to reiterate some core points of the elements that I've talked about before, but I'm also going to expand upon those and explain their correspondences and then how you can kind of incorporate them into your practice. So, um, disclaimer first, before we get into this, I'm speaking for myself only. Not everyone conceptualizes or uses the elements in the same way. And of course, I'm coming from a Wiccan perspective. Um, I, of course, not speak for all Wiccans. But um, I would say, at least in the general sense, um, the use of the elements is very central to the practice of Wicca. So, please bear that in mind. Okay, so... What are the elements, right? There are four elements, and for those that don't know, they are air, fire, water, and earth. And in Wicca, as well as some other magical systems, they have many, many correspondences um, to the cardinal directions, a season of the year, a time of day, um, and then a virtue or kind of sphere of influence uh, in human behavior. And of course, each one rules three of the astrological signs and has connections to um, some other things as well. And also, at least within Wiccan spaces, uh, we have the guardians of the four quarters, um, and each of those have an elemental correspondence, and not particular to Wicca, but in a lot of occult spaces in general, um, people call upon the elemental kings, and we will talk about those things as we get into this. Okay, so... Let's talk about this. The elements. So they are air, fire, water, and earth. So um, we're going to start with air because this is cyclical. And this cycle that we're going to use is going to make sense with a lot of things. So it's going to go air, fire, water, and earth. And like I said, each one is going to correspond with the direction. So for most most situations at least air is in the east fire in the south water in the west and earth in the north okay so each one is going to correspond to a suit of tarot so air is swords fire is wands water is cups and earth is pentacles and if you are familiar with tarot with all that will make some sense right because each of the elements like i said a moment ago also corresponds to kind of an aspect of human nature so air is the mind and the intellect and communication speaking and ideas so if you pull a swords card and tarot it's going to have something to do with that fire is the will and how you take action so if air is kind of thinking in the mind and planning fire and wands in this case is 
putting those ideas into action and actually doing something. So if you pull a wands card in tarot, it's going to have to do with taking action, doing something, the consequences of doing something, etc. Water corresponds to the tarot suit of cups. And this, much like the water element itself, has to do with the inner world and emotions and feelings and love. So tarot cards are going to speak to those things. And then earth is the suit of pentacles, and that is material substance, jobs, finances, actual objects, um, places, things like that. And also kind of to a lesser extent, your physical body and your health. So let's talk about the elements in ritual, specifically in a Wiccan circle. So for those of you that are Wiccan and practice Wicca, you know that a large part of any ritual is the casting of the circle. And a large part of casting a circle is calling on the elements. Um, and I will link the... I will include the link in this episode's description to the episode about circle casting because this kind of overlaps with that somewhat. But when you cast a circle, um, there's usually some variance of calling on some sort of being. Um, they've been called watchtowers, guardians of the watchtowers, guardians of the four quarters, etc. Um, but they're an essential part of Wicca. So... Um, like I said, each element corresponds to a direction. So air is the east, fire is the south, water is the west, earth is the north. And you, you do that to cast your circle. So what are these beings, though? What are these watchtowers? So in the tradition of the 1880s Order of the Golden Dawn, a watchtower or a guardian in ceremonial magic is a spirit of one of the four cardinal points which are called quarters. And again, north, east, south, and west. They're also variously associated with the elements, earth, air, fire, and water. And sometimes they're correspondent to the archangels as well. Not everyone works with the archangels. Um, I do, but not really in this context. So what's important is the circle castings don't always mention watchtowers by name, but there are attributes of elements to them. So what happens is you're calling on the guardian of that watchtower of that direction. So if you're saying, you know, I call upon the guardian of the watchtower of the east, there is a specific spirit that guards the direction of east. Um, and not just east, like the eastern part, wherever room you're in, but east everywhere. So east where you are, east above, east below, east in the past, the present, the future, and all of time and space. And the same is true for southwest and north. So when we cast a magic circle, we're literally in between the worlds and those interdimensional beings that guard the four quarters are keeping watch of that direction across all time and dimensions, which is why it's important to include them for protection. So there's a lot of debate on whether or not the guardians of these watchtowers are also elemental beings. 
you know, because if there's a guardian of the east and east corresponds to air, does he also have something to do with the air? And that's up for debate. Um, there's a lot of different perspectives on that. But my perspective personally is that they're not the same. There is an entity of the element too, but not they're not the same as the guardian of the quarter. So yes, air is associated with the direction of east, but the guardian of the east is not the same thing as the ruler of the element of air. So in my opinion, there are what are called elemental kings or elemental rulers. So at each direction in the circle, there is, of course, the guardian, you know, of the east, the south, the west, the north, but also of the elements, and those are separate entities. So when you call on the guardian of the east, that is not the same spirit as the ruler of the element of air. And the same thing for south and fire, west and water, north and earth. So let's talk about this. There are the elements themselves and everything that exists is made up of an element or a combination of several elements. So for example, the ocean, you think water and primarily it is, but what else is in the ocean? All sorts of animals, all sorts of plant life, coral, seashells, sand, all these things. So it's not just water. Um, and we think of, you know, a forest being earth probably, right? But it's a lot of other things as well. It's the animals that live in it. It's all sorts of things. Um, so it's not only that. So basically anything that you can observe as having a tangible manifestation in the mundane realm is not just one element. It's going to be a combination of several. Just like our bodies are not just one thing. We have earth, you know, it's our, our substance and our form and our bones. Um, but we have blood and sweat and water and we have breath and air and we have fire and heat. You know, we're all of these things. So anything that you can observe in nature is not just one element. The only thing that is only one element is the pure essence of that element. And that is an elemental because each element has an elemental creature and it is just the, you can think of it as being the personified intelligence of the element. So air is undines, excuse me, not undines, air is sylphs. Fire is the salamander, um, not like the little not the amphibian creature, but like the, the mythical salamander. Water are the undines and earth are the gnomes. And they are only their one element. And that's why you need all of them to balance out your magic. Obviously, you don't use all of them in every situation because it depends on what you're doing. But to have true balance, you need all four. Because the sylph, right, is the personification of air. So it's intellect and logic and reason, but that's it. It doesn't, it doesn't have feeling or emotion. So you can't tell it your problem, expect it to care about helping because it doesn't have emotion because emotion is water. And you can't expect it to take action on your behalf because that would require a will and will is fire. So it's not present in that creature. So hopefully that makes sense. So the elements themselves are air, fire, water, and earth. And they exist in everything that we can observe and that has substance. The pure essence of the elements are these creatures, the sylphs, the salamanders, the undines, the gnomes, 
but the being that rules over all of those creatures is the elemental king. And they are separate and distinct from the guardian of the watchtower, even though they do closely relate. So, let's talk about that. Give me one moment, please. I'm going to reference some notes. Okay. So, like I was saying, because the the elemental creatures, because they are only the element they represent, they're not very balanced, which is why you need all of them in harmony. Not to say that they're not important or that they're not helpful or wonderful or anything like that. It's just that they they are lower beings. That doesn't mean they're not important, or that they're like worse than us. It just means they're they're made up of less parts. They're a little more simple. Um it's like I was talking about with the Sylphs, they're pure air. They are air and wind and logic and reason, and that's all there is. Well, the salamanders are fire. They are fire, they burn, they take, and they are will. So you couldn't appeal to their emotion because they don't have it. It's a water thing. And they're not going to be patient either because patience is the earth. The undines are beautiful, and they're very emotional and very sensitive. So you probably could appeal to their feeling but they would have no logic or will to execute it because logic is air and will is fire. And likewise with the gnomes of the earth. Patience, yes. Um, resources, yes. But you couldn't really persuade them to care or to do anything because caring is an emotion. It's the water. And action is the will, which is fire. You need all of these things in balance. So... The specific names of the Guardians of the Watchtowers is going to vary by tradition and most likely are going to be oath-bound to two said traditions. But the Elemental Kings are not oath-bound. In fact, they're not even specific to any um, tradition or religion. They're kind of just a part of the general stream of Western esotericism and the occult. So... Um, the Elemental Kings are going to be Peralta, who is the King of Air and the Sylphs, Jin, who is also called Jinas, who is the King of Fire and the Salamanders, Nixa, who is the King of Water and the Undines, and Gob, who is also called Gobius, who is the king of Earth and the gnomes. And these elemental kings are different than the creatures that they kind of preside over. So you have the elements themselves, and then you have these elemental creatures that are the personifications of them. And because they are only the one element and nothing more, they're unbalanced. Well, the kings of the elements, on the other hand, are a little more complex. They 
have a will and they have an intellect and they have all the things that we as humans have. So you can appeal to them for assistance in your workings. So when you're doing elemental magic, you would want to call on these kings of the elements rather than just the creatures themselves. The elemental creatures, of course, will still be present. It'll be under the request and supervision of the kings and it'll be more balanced. It'll be a little bit more safe, magically speaking. So getting in touch with the sylphs, the salamanders, the undines, the gnomes, and the kings, you know, Peralda, Jin, Nexa, and Gobe, these specific elementals and kings are not really new, um, but a lot of people I find just don't tend to know about them. So get in nature, or if you don't have access to like natural places, if you are a city dweller like myself, represent them somehow. This is why it's important to have representations in your ritual space is because you're honoring, for one thing, you're honoring the gods because it's all their domain, but also you're honoring the elements themselves. So um, this is also why each element tends to correspond to a tool that we use in a Wiccan ceremony. So again, um, air is swords. Um, sometimes not Everyone has a sword, but an athame would also be representative of air. Fire is going to be the candles and incense. Uh, incense kind of is air and fire. Water, of course, is the cup, the chalice, or whatever you have water in. And then earth is the salt. And then if you do have an actual pentacle on your altar, a pentacle would be for earth as well. So in addition to all of that, there's, of course, the astrological signs that correspond as well. And this is helpful for working like planetary magic, um, because when you know what element goes to what sign, you can see what planet rules that sign and kind of go from there. So air is going to be Aquarius, Gemini, and Libra. Fire is going to be Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. Earth is going to be Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. Water is going to be Scorpio, Cancer, and Pisces. Colors are usually associated as well. So if you were thinking of colors um, for air, for example, it's going to be the airy colors. It's going to be the sky. So gray, white, um, pale blues, pale yellows, pale oranges, fire. Um, think about fire. It's going to be reds, oranges, yellows. Water, of course, is going to be watery colors. So like blues and greens and maybe even like silvers because of the moon um different shades of blue and then of course earth is going to be black brown green um gold even so as you begin to understand these correspondences and kind of what they have to do with other things that relate to you can kind of understand how to build a spell and I would encourage you to go refer back to the episode we did on creating your own spells because you remember each one has each spell has some necessary components um your intention of course your will of course and the energy behind it so let's say for example so we can kind of put all of this in context let's say that you were going to do a spell for 
Um, let's say you're doing a spell to protect yourself from bad weather. Um, I live in a part of the country where bad weather kind of happens a lot. We're kind of known for tornadoes and hurricanes and stuff. So what is that? That's air. Kind of water too, but um, and in a, in a simple, straightforward way, it's mostly the air. So what are you going to do? Well, you're going to cast the circle in the way that you normally would. And then you're going to pay some specific attention to Peralda, who is the king of air. You're going to focus also on the guardian of the east and then the sylphs, because all of that is air and east. So this is where sigils come into it. Um, I've talked about sigils before, and also SigilNet is a great website for making sigils or helping you make sigils because you can type in your intention and it will make a sigil for you. Um, so I would probably create a sigil to honor and welcome the spirits of the air, the guardian of the east, and then the king of the air. And then I would probably write a petition to them to protect me from the adverse weather. And if I had specifics, I would do specifics. So if it was a tornado or a hurricane, whatever, I'd write that petition out. I would put it on the sigil, maybe with some incense going too, because that's also the air. And then I would thank them for their assistance and I would burn the paper that the petition was written on in a safe way, of course, because fire safety always. So that's a good example of a way you can do that. Um, let's think of another example. Let's say that um, someone was having heart problems. Heart, blood, blood is water. So again, you're casting your circle the normal way. You're going to specifically give some attention to the undines, the creatures of water, um, and also to the guardian of the west and to the king of water, King Nixa. And then you're going to do a spell. So think, what's water? Think sigil um, for health. And there's more spe specific ways you can do that too. This is just one example, but a sigil for good health, um, a sigil for good heart health and blood flow. Think about the astrological and the planetary associations with that. Research what herbs go with that. You could burn those herbs. And again, I like to write petitions. You could write a petition to those spirits, burn some herbs, some incense, light that blue candle. And then after you're done, burn your petition, close your circle. Um, so I know that that's a little bit vague and it's not always quite that straightforward, but those are just some examples because once you begin to have a working knowledge of the elements and the way they correspond to other things, it really helps you know what to do. Um, Obviously, research is always a key, but if you have a general idea of this element goes to this thing, this is the thing that I need, you can kind of build a spell out for yourself and then just research the, the uh, specific parts that maybe you don't know as well. And then you're good to go. And it's easier, and it gets easier the more you do it. So I hope that helps. Um, I will link those resources that I mentioned a moment ago, and I will be back with you next week to get with um get back to our deity series so hope that you enjoyed that and i will see you guys next time